Welcome to Alabama AgCast, a weekly conversation about news and issues affecting Alabama farmers and forest landowners. Alabama AgCast is produced by the Alabama Farmers Federation. Hello and welcome to the Alabama AgCast. I'm your host, Mike Moody. Today, the AgCast will focus on the Alabama legislative session. We have two conversations with two unique topics. Brian Harden will have a conversation with Amanda Story from Jones Valley Teaching Farm in Birmingham. She will tell us what they are doing to bring agriculture alive to students in urban areas and beyond. The Alabama Farmers Federation is proud to support funding for the Jones Valley Teaching Farm in the state's education budget. You will also hear from Representative Peblin Warren of Tuskegee as she visits with our own Russ Durrance about the impact of the peanut to Alabama and its ties to the legacy of George Washington Carver. In today's wrap-up, Brian will join us again to give us the latest updates on a group of bills in the Alabama legislature we call the Farm Package. He will also let us know what we can do to help these bills become law. Hello, everybody. This is Brian Harden with Alabama Farmers Federation, and I'm pleased to be here today with Amanda Story, who is executive director with the Jones Valley Teaching Farm in Birmingham. Amanda, welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thought this was a great opportunity uh, for our listeners to learn a little bit about Jones Valley Teaching Farm. Now, I've had the opportunity, and many of us with the Farmers Federation have had the opportunity to to tour the farm and, and learn a little bit about it many years ago. Mm-hmm. And most recently, this past fall, uh, you welcomed a group of us, uh, also uh, representatives from our Jefferson County Farmers Federation, and had a wonderful tour to really see the changes, uh, the vision, and the lives that are being changed with Jones Valley Teaching Farm. So I want our listeners to, to learn more about that. So, Amanda, tell us a little bit about where Jones Valley Teaching Farm is today. Absolutely. So, um, and we're so glad that y'all were able to come, especially an exciting time of where we are currently at the organization. So we operate seven teaching farms in the city of Birmingham. Six of those teaching farms are on Birmingham City School campuses. But we have this other teaching farm, which is on one full city block in downtown Birmingham. And for a very long time, we operated there just for a production site. Um, We had a trailer that served its purpose, but we knew that we wanted to expand it so that we could reach more students across the state. And so we sought out an opportunity to build a capital campaign around a center for food education. And so currently, um, we're so pleased to say that this year we can open it wide open. So in 2022, this is the year for Center for Food Education for us to be able to host more students from all over the state, be able to host educators, be able to have events, really bring folks together, but also workshops, family workshops, all of the things that we've always wanted to do but didn't have the capacity to do so. At the same time, we will still um, be distributing our good school food and implementing that program that is a pre-K through 12th grade um, education model that now has an apprenticeship component. So at high school and at a graduate level, we now are employing young people to actually do this work um, alongside us after they've gone through the program through Birmingham City Schools. And we got to see a little bit of that firsthand and really hear from from you and, and Drone and, and others on staff there at Jones Valley Teaching Farm. And I think that's what really gets me most excited when we talk about changing lives and seeing what you all are doing at Jones Valley Teaching Farm. So I want to commend you and the, the board of directors and all your staff. But today you're here in Montgomery. We're here at the Alabama legislature as we talk. 
And so um, as organizations grow and, and look to expand their reach, um, you find yourself getting involved in, in more things such as uh, the state budgets. <laughs> Um, and, and we understand that there are several things that we support as Alabama Farmers Federation that we know are important to our members and to rural Alabama and to teaching others about farming or agriculture. And, and so we're certainly supportive of, of Jones Valley Teaching Farmers efforts. Tell us a little bit more about what your message is to the state legislature. Absolutely. So um, we have spent largely over the nine or 10 years, the past years, of really building out this education model in Birmingham City Schools. And we've done that primarily through raising those funds privately. Um, even our capital campaign, I'm so pleased to say we've had national and local um, support, but that has all been private um, as well. So sure. for us, we knew that we had to build the capacity for us to expand at a statewide level. So today we're here to look. We have we've we've, we've actually planted our feet kind of in the ground and now we have to run those programs. Um, and now we have to extend and actually have that exciting moment where we can actually get more students and more of our community and the surrounding communities around Birmingham statewide involved in this. So it's really lifting up um, our, our work, uh, expanding it as far as we possibly can, but also putting a flag in the ground and saying that Alabama um, is a location and a destination for food-based education. It's a national model um, and, so and we should be proud of that, right? And so how do we continue to put youth in the center of that as we talk about it? How do we continue to look for jobs and look for ways that young people can lead us in this area, at reconnecting to our food source and making sure that we are showing that that part of our world is so important, right? And so being able to connect it with young people and then extend that opportunity outside of us, that's where that's where change happens. So that's what we're here to, to talk about and very excited to do so. Well, I think it's also interesting, you know, as we talk about Jones Valley Teaching Farm or whatever we're, we're talking about, you're sitting here at the State House. And I think it's a reminder for our listeners, too, that, you know, engagement with our with our leaders is so important to make sure that our elected representatives and senators understand what is the mission, what is the purpose, what are the goals because they need to know to be able to support that. I know you've had great visits today with Representative Neil Rafferty, mm -hmm. Senator Roger Smitherman, who um, I know are proud to have Jones Valley Teaching Farm in their district. For somebody that's out there listening who's never been to Jones Valley Teaching Farm, maybe they're a teacher who has a class of, of eager young minds. What are the opportunities or ways for somebody to learn more about Jones Valley Teaching Farm or to experience what you have to offer? Well, I'm so excited that you asked because now I can say you can go to our website, which is www.jvtf.org, um, and you can actually look right there on opportunities um, and, and actually like put your email in and all of that, and we can answer your questions. Really, what we want teachers to know and parents to know, number one, we are a destination and location for you. We also have a virtual app now that we never would have had um, had it not been for COVID, but now we have our lessons that are online that you can access. That can be a resource for parents, can be a resource for teachers, but really we want teachers to know that this is a place for them to come at any point. 
right? We want to see as many students across our state coming to this downtown urban farm and experiencing good school food directly. And then hopefully move into opportunities outside of just education of where we're headed in careers and saying that this is important to all of us. So um, they can just reach out to us on our website, tell us what they're interested in. We'll get right back in touch with them and make it happen. So, but we want to see as many people at the center as possible. We've, Wonderful. We're ready for them. I love the enthusiasm. And, you know, it's all about collaboration. It's all about relationships. And what I want to leave our listeners with uh, as well today is that, you know, this is based in Birmingham. But as you've shared, this is really expanding the reaches to impact the whole state of Alabama. And we are excited about that and look forward to continuing to work with you. And now a word from our sponsor, Alabama Ag Credit. It's never a dull day on the farm, especially when your day starts before the sun comes up. We're Alabama Ag Credit. And while some don't get it, we do. As the local experts in rural real estate financing, we've helped farmers finance everything from homes and land to tractors and crops. Because sometimes your natural resources need financial resources. I'm Russ Durrant, State Legislative Programs Director here at the Alabama Farmers Federation. Today it's my honor to have Representative Peblin Warren with me from House District 82. So we're glad to have you here today. We're going to talk a little bit about the peanut bill, but before we get into the meat of this, I'd really like to hear a little bit about you and about House District 82. Well, thank you so much for the invite. Uh, anytime I can brag on my district, I try to brag on it. But 82, is, it's a very unique district. It spreads across um, Macon County, Lee County, and currently Tallapoosa County. But the main uh, source is dealing with our agriculture. I mean, we have farmers, so you, you name it, from all the vegetables you can raise to all the animals you can raise, including the goats and everything else, we have it in the district. And one of the things that during my tenure as a legislator and as I started working with Alpha and started working uh, with my, my local uh, federation group uh, in Macon County, I really started learning about ag. I grew up, my father was a farmer, and I remember as I started thinking back during the days how he used to pick the corn and take it to the market to bring back the meal, to bring back the grits, and how we had to do with the uh, cows and the milk and the cream and the butter and uh, the hogs. I remember <laughs> back then we would call slopping hogs. That's okay? right. <laughs> I don't know. And I've had a chance. Um, um, uh, I was going to the University of Iowa every summer for an urban ag conference, and uh, I realize now that the way I grew up with hogs is not the way at all. Their pens are so clean and they yep. got everything so nice and neat and arranged. But uh, I remember those days. And as I started thinking about it, I was working with uh, Region 5 workforce. And now for about the last eight years, every year we have uh, a career discovery program where we bring in high, uh, eighth graders. We have about 5,000 from the region and we introduce them to all the different occupations that are out there. And as they start getting everything in order, I had to express my concern. I said, you know, we got everything in here except ag. Yep. I said, we got to focus on ag. So with Auburn University and Tuskegee University, they have really been concentrating on occupations in ag because, you know, it's so sophisticated now until the young kids don't want to get into it because they're, all they think of is hot work and hot seasons. But, you know, 
ag now has gotten to be so technically refined until I think the more we do with introducing that at an early age to our students, the better off it's going to be. So right now we are concentrating on ag, and as I mentioned earlier, we're even working with the school and trying to come up with a specialized ag school to deal with it. So there are a lot of things, and, you know, there are two occupations that will always exist. That's the funeral home business and the feeding business, okay? <laughs> You're exactly so, right. So ag is always going to have a prominent place to play, and that's why, like I said, it's just interesting to me as I, I, I learn more and when I see anything interesting and new with ag uh, perspectives, I always try to look yeah. and find out where I am. Well, you have always displayed your love of agriculture and your appreciation for the agricultural industry down here in Montgomery, and we certainly appreciate you for that. Um, and obviously, it's very important to, to District 82, being that you've got Tuskegee right there uh, in your backyard. So just last week, you were able to help us out on a bill that we were passing, um, trying to get passed out of the House. It was House Bill 350. It deals with making the peanut the official state legume uh, for the state of Alabama. So um, you were able to come down to the well and testify a little bit about that. We have been working um, and had the opportunity to work with some of your colleagues there in the House to help make sure that George Washington Carver was honored in that bill um, to make the peanut the state legume. So tell me a little bit about that bill and about Carver and his work there at Tuskegee. Well, I was very, very impressed with uh, Representative Allen's inclusiveness. Not that he just mentioned the name, he gave some educational information. That was that was very, very impressive yes, to me ma'am. to hear. and. Even more impressive was to see that my colleagues, when they finished, gave a long standing ovation. You know, and, 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 and that's where I think we are falling short in the state of really making sure that our history is known. And again, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm the education little crazy girl over there. I like to always worry about the kids. But I think those are the type of things that we need to treasure and pass on to our kids so they can understand, you know, that, you know, it just didn't start today. We've had researchers for years and years. And with Carver, when um, uh, Dr. Washington brought him to Tuskegee, he knew he was the right person because you had all these you know, in the Black Belt, the whole area was basically farming, and you had all these uh, 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 sharecroppers who were there and who had an opportunity to develop their farms, but they didn't have the knowledge and the know-all and how to deal with it. So when, when, when uh, Dr. Carver got his wagon together and started going around teaching and training the uh, the farmers, it, it just really enhanced Alabama. It, it gave Alabama a whole new rebirth as it relates to the traditional share uh, croppers and, 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 and those people trying to make a living. So, he, I mean, it was just amazing how he came to Alabama and just worked. And when I say worked, he was out there. If you if you get a chance to visit the museum, you see the wagon that he, he, he started on and things there. So um, he it was just amazing to see what he did in his lab and how committed his love was for nature. You know, it's, it's just amazing. I, I mentioned um, in, in my presentation in the floor how every day he wore a live flower. Every day. So it never, I mean, there was no season for his flowers. He, he knew That's how right. he could keep them growing and keep them in a, in a full bloom out there. 
Well, he certainly deserved to be included. His work uh, there with the peanut crop and with all of our crops here in Alabama and everything that he did at, there at Tuskegee um, was well-deserved, and, and we certainly appreciate all that Dr. Carver has left here as a legacy in the state of Alabama, and our peanut folks are tremendously grateful for, for his legacy. So. And we love him. You know, peanut, when you start looking at all the things, and um, to be honest with you, I learned something new the last week, a week before last, when we had the farmer stay with the peanuts. That's right. I had never had a grilled peanut butter sandwich. And I can't wait to get in my kitchen and start experimenting with a grill because it was delicious. Well, we're glad to hear that. Jacob Davis and the Alabama Peanut Producers <laughs> Association love putting on that event. We do those grilled peanut butter and jellies all the time. So it was we a jelly or honey. I, somebody told it's, me. An, it's an apple jelly. So it's apple jelly, apple peanut jelly. butter. Um, they're grilled up right fresh on the flat top, and they do a wonderful job. And okay, so. now you've told me the secret. Somebody told We're me it proud was funny, it was honey. I said, no, okay, we, now I know it's apple juice. We will take care of you, and we can, can always I get can't you some more of those I can't wait to fix it for my grandkids. So. That's going to be their surprise lunch one day. Absolutely. Well, we appreciate you being in the studio with us today. Um, we certainly appreciate your support as well as the Democrat Caucus's support of House Bill 350, helping name the peanut the official state legume for the Thank state you. of Alabama. So Thank you. Thank you for being with us today. Again, I'm Russ Durrance, uh, Legislative Affairs Director for the Alabama Farmers Federation, joined today by Representative Peblin Warren, House District 82. Thank you for tuning in. And now, your weekly Ag Cash Wrap-Up. Hello, this is Brian Harden, Director of External Affairs for the Alabama Farmers Federation. Today, we're excited to update you on the progress of the Alabama Farmers Federation's Farm Package for the 2022 Alabama Legislative Session. HB 400 concerning grain bin storage is sponsored by Representative Wes Kitchens of ARAB. It would eliminate inconsistencies and confusion across jurisdictions by clarifying the ad valorem tax exemption for grain bins. HB 400 has passed its Senate committee with the next step to be considered by the Senate. HB 415 about county business licenses is sponsored by Representative Gil Isbell of Gadsden. It protects family farms by expressly prohibiting the requirement of a county license or fee for operations related to the disposition of the farmer's products. HB 415 has passed its Senate committee and is also ready for review by the full Senate. Please reach out to your state senators about HB 400 and HB 415 to express your support. A third bill, the Sweet Grown Alabama Act, would empower family farms and stimulate local economies by clarifying the inclusion of value-added agricultural products in existing sales tax exemptions. HB 412 by Representative Van Smith of Billingsley has passed its House Committee, and the next step is for consideration by the House of Representatives. Please contact your state representative and share with them the importance of the Sweet Grown Alabama Act to farmers and consumers. The legislature is entering its spring break and has only a few meeting days left, so your voice is crucial. As always, please follow our Capital Connection newsletter for weekly updates on the legislative session. Go to alphafarmers.org and scroll to the bottom to sign up. Thank you for being advocates on these important issues for Alabama's farmers. Alabama AgCast is sponsored by our friends at Alabama AgCredit. Give them a call for all your farm and land financing needs. For more information about today's conversation, check out the show notes or visit alphafarmers.org 
slash agcast. Be sure to follow Alabama Farmers Federation on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Tune in next week for another timely conversation from Alabama Agcast.